Well, my name is Abby, um, and if you have ever been here before, you've probably never seen me in this exact position at this point in the service. I've played a lot of roles here. Uh, for uh, almost two years, I was behind uh, up here, like Crystalline is uh, leading worship. And recently, I've been more of like the playmaker, uh, which is kind of having, uh, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> uh, kind of making sure that everything here is running smoothly for worship and making it all happen throughout the week. Um, but uh, some of you may not know this, but I am actually a pastor's kid, what they call a double pastor's kid. And one of those pastors is actually here today. Hi, Dad. <laughs> um, so I got to say that growing up, I have watched my parents go through this process of writing sermons every week. And I have never once thought to myself, oh, this is what I want to do. <laughs> but a few months ago, uh, something inside of me, when Erica asked me to, say, uh, to speak today, something inside of me said yes anyway. Even though I knew it was hard, I genuinely felt this conviction in my life to come and share what I had to say. I know that even though it's tough, I really do have something that I want to share with the world. So there is this word, the word conviction. You're going to be hearing it a lot through that the service, and so I want to make sure that everybody understands what this word means. It is a firmly held belief or opinion the state of being convinced. So in that moment, I was convinced that I need to be here speaking today. I actually made an interesting realization a little while ago. Horizon is actually the first church that I have ever chosen. I always, growing up, went to my parents' churches. Even as an adult, I went to my mom's church, which is not far from here. But over two years ago, I was asked to come and fill in just a few Sundays to uh, help lead the worship. And after hearing Erica preach, watching the fire in her eyes, calling forth a community of love and inclusion, welcoming of all people, acting in faith, I felt convicted to make this my church home. My husband, Eric, uh, and I immediately joined our young adult small group, and I am so glad that we did, because I have learned so much from this small collection of individuals. Lately, we've been talking a lot about the Old Testament and how God used to speak in these very overt, big ways, being super specific about the plan, right? He'd go something like, yo, Noah, a flood's coming. You can see on the slide right here. He'll say things like, I need you to build a boat with these exact measurements, okay? Think you can handle that? And Noah's like, okay, sure, I got that. He might say to Joshua, hey, Joshua, listen, I need you and your crew to go around the walls of Jericho seven times. The plan is very intricate. You need to follow it step by step. But if you do, I promise things will work out in your favor. Sounds a little wild, but I trust you, right? In small group, we've even remarked about how much easier it would be if that was the case today. If, we were, if God were just to be able to open up the clouds and impart his divine plan, but that's not the case. And in fact, one thing that our fearless leader, Amy Phillips, has taught me is that the Holy Spirit speaks to us in three primary ways. God speaks through prayer. <laughs> he speaks through prayer. He speaks through scripture. And he speaks through community. So I'm going to talk about those for just a second. Prayer is taking intentional time to open up your, uh, your ears and listen to what God is trying to tell you. It's offering a moment for your heart to take in whatever guidance God needs to give you in that moment, allowing God to speak truth into it. Scripture 
is when we read the Bible. We actually call the Bible the living word because it is a time when every single time that we read it, there's a different interpretation that we can take that applies to our own lives. So reading it one time through isn't what we're called to do. We're called to read it over and over again because it offers a new insight in that moment, different than it had before. And then the third way is community. God speaks to others in our com uh, community to help give us guidance for what we need to hear. Sometimes if God isn't able to use these other avenues, he's like, hey, Chris, I need you to go ahead and speak this truth into somebody's life today. And we may not even know that we are being vessels of God, but in that moment, we also need to be, uh, take on a part of willingness in order to open our ears and hear what God has to say. It's not just, oh, God has spoken some divine wisdom and I eh, don't, like, I, if I'm not willing to hear it, then it's not, it's not, it's going to fall on deaf ears. We need to make sure that we're open to hearing those words from our community as well. So, like I said, he may not part the clouds anymore, but I am absolutely sure that God is still speaking. And never in my life have I been more sure of that than when I began working at Champions for Children. Now, let's go back real quick. If you'd asked me as a kid what I would be doing today, what would my job be, I would say, hands down, without hesitation, that I would be a teacher. I felt it was my calling all of my life. Literally, I quit as soon as I was done with four years of college, I got a teaching, uh, uh, I started teaching as a third grade teacher. And after four years of doing that, I felt overwhelmed, burnt out, and downright traumatized by my experience. It was really tough, and I was so ready to leave. But when I quit, I had no clue what I needed to do next. I had never given it any other thought. That was what I was called to do. I was going to do it. And now I was left with nothing. I felt very, I felt directionless. I had no idea what I was going to do. So it took some time, lots of prayer, some guidance from a, a good family friend. But I eventually heard about this um, organization called Champions for Children. Now, I don't know if any of you are familiar with it. Uh, but it's a nonprofit organization. Their um, main office is not far from here. But they, uh, as soon as I heard about their mission of supporting families and children, I thought to myself immediately, like, yeah, that's totally what I want to go do. So I applied. I had um, an education background. And so I was at, in that moment very sure, yes, that's what I want to do. And I got hired right away. I was able to start facilitating research-based playgroups and sharing factual information about child development with families right here in South Tampa. I was uh, loving it so much. Like I was surrounded by people who um, knew and uh, that I liked working with. They were passionate about the things that I was passionate about. I really felt content in that moment. And then, and I want to let you know that Champions for Children has uh, um, centers all around Hillsborough County. So they offer these opportunities for service and supporting families at no cost. So there's no barrier for these families to get this information and provide for their kids, help them develop and get ready for school in the, uh, the best way possible. And I could already see that this pro program was making a huge impact in Hillsborough County. But about three months into working there, uh, um, a program director came up on our staff meeting and said, <laughs> we're opening up another center in, town, in the town and country area. And they're doing very similar work to what we were doing in South Tampa. The only difference was that it was surrounded by a large Hispanic and immigrant population. So very different population to what I was serving at the time. 
Now, in the moment, uh, this program director, they were saying things like, hey, if you know of anyone who wants to apply, definitely put the word out. And I thought to myself, like, wow, I'm so glad to be working for an organization that sees these people. Like, that's awesome. Kind of pat myself on the back for being a part of something good, right? Well, to make the long story short, that was not where it ended. This started a long, drawn out, back and forth conversation between me and God and over the following weeks. I got to be honest, it was an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> I was feeling this deep internal pull to transition to this new center. You might even say that I was feeling convicted to do so. But I was really scared. <laughs> what do you mean, me? Okay, I don't speak Spanish well enough to reach these people. I'm finally happy where I am. I uh, like what I'm doing, and not to mention, I just left a job that was really traumatizing and difficult. Like, give me a break. <laughs> Can't you find somebody else to do this? Because surely it's not me. By this point, I had lost count of the amount of times that I had made an excuse for why I should not attend this call. Over and over again, I was feeling the pull to say yes, but then somehow still finding a nugget where I was like, no, 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 God, no, 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 you, it's not me you mean. But it was in that moment when my mom was hearing my struggle that she reminded me, um, you know, of course my mother is ever the pastor. She reminded me of the moment when Moses was being called to lead the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. So I want to read this excerpt real quick from Exodus. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go, Pharaoh? to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I will be with you. So here he is questioning himself. A little further on in the conversation, Moses continues to question the plan. This is a whole chapter later. He says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant in this moment. I am slow of speech and tongue. But the Lord said, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? So go, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. Amen. And in that moment, it was a real moment of realization as my mom is recounting the quivering voice of Moses, doubting his call, not being sure whether or not he could even speak the words. And here I am thinking to myself, I can speak conversational Spanish at best. <laughs> I don't know how in the world you think that I'm going to be able to uh, teach these people anything. <laughs> but it was exactly what I needed to hear. It was in that moment that I realized what God was saying to me all along, that I need to let go of the worry and just trust that God was going to be with me and give me the words to say. It has been almost three years since that experience happened in my life, and I still refer to it as my Moses moment. A moment in my life when I was called to take a leap and turn my faith into action. So all this really had me wondering <laughs> if God had such a specific plan for my life that he was willing to chase me down and talk to all these people and tug on my heart for so long, why didn't he just go and say it? Why didn't he just do exactly what he used to do in the Old Testament, part the clouds and tell me what he wanted? It would have been so much easier than this uh, long, drawn-out emotional roller coaster that happened. Well, <laughs> the thing that is the difference is Jesus. 
Jesus came, and uh, instead of giving us very incredibly specific information and instructions on what to do, Jesus gave us the best example of how to live that there ever possibly could be. In fact, that might sound cheesy, but that's exactly why we use the phrase, what would Jesus do, in order to orient our lives. And I guarantee, without a question, that if I had asked myself that at the start, there's no doubt in my mind that Jesus would be jumping in to help these immigrant families. Is it going to be easy? No. Will there, will there be times when you question it? Probably. But let me just clarify something. I knew that God was calling me before I ever said yes. I felt the conviction, but there's a difference between knowing you need to do something and actually taking action. In fact, you may have noticed on the slides that this whole series is called Following Jesus. And there's actually a word that means one who follows Jesus. And it may be that these days we kind of shy away from using it because it's a little bit too churchy. But I read this article um, on discipleship and what it means to be a disciple. And I really liked the way that this one article put it. So it's going to be up here on the screen. Yep, no worries. <laughs> All right. So a disciple is kind of a student. It is someone who follows the teachings of, learns from, and models their life after someone else. In this case, Jesus. At Horizon, we are disciples. Discipleship means being the hands and feet of Jesus here on earth. There are a few times in the Bible that, this, uh, that uh, God specifically talks about this, so let's look. In uh, 1 Corinthians, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you are part of it. In 1 Peter, each of you should use whatever gifts that you have received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace into, in its various forms. And even in John, these are Jesus' own words, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Well, Chris Brewer recently told me, <laughs> uh, he just gave me a face like, what do you mean me? <laughs> Chris Brewer recently told me that one of his favorite things about Horizon is the, uh, the uh, opportunity for a mission in our church this intentional focus that we have. In fact, he put it something like lowering the barrier by offering opportunities for us to serve the community at large. And I'm willing to bet that that's probably the case for many of you sitting here today, that you chose Horizon because you saw opportunities for mission and you believed that this is what we're called to do. Well, you're in luck. In just a few weeks, in June and July, we're gonna be doing a summer service series on the second and fourth Sundays of the month. So we have a slide real quick. Here's some more information on it. Um, uh, so it'll be from three to four, hold on, go back. Three to 4 p.m. at Corona Park. All ages are welcome, so this is family friendly. And we'll be doing all sorts of things. So if you go to the next slide. Um, we've got literacy kits, summer snacks for kids and summer programs, blessing kits for people who are experiencing homelessness, which is definitely a need that we have, and even hygiene kits, kits for kids who are transitioning um, to uh, in transitional housing. Well, this is all good and well. And yes, I absolutely believe that you should sign up and look for more information on horizontpa.info. <laughs> but I don't want to end my message here. I cannot leave here today without asking you to take this message a step further. Because if we are Christ's body, and if we are called 
to use our gifts to serve others, we need to remember that each of our individual calls are gonna look different. The way that we serve is gonna be a different a process. And our service is really where our spiritual gifts and our conviction meet. Now, a great place to start to be able to figure out where God might be calling you is to join a small group. It's a way to take your discipleship to the next level. Earlier in the sermon, I said, God speaks to us through prayer, uh, scripture, and community. And in small group, you check all three. So this is a great opportunity for you to be able to hear what God is saying. I know that I personally have had a very amazing experience going through that, and it has helped to guide my path as well. Not only that, but I've seen small groups take it upon themselves to come together and say, let's go ahead and do volunteer work together. So that way you're not alone, that you have a community around you encouraging you forward and making a difference together. And I've seen what an impact that can make. Another way that you can serve is by being the hands that serve communion every Sunday so that others can be filled by the Holy Spirit. Or if you feel so inclined, you can model discipleship back here with Horizon Kids because there is something beautiful about being the feet that follow after these children and offer opportunities for them to learn about God. But not only that, the volunteers that are back there right now are offering an opportunity for all of you to be here today. And if we, are, if we all take turns and take part in a, a community of service, those people can also be in church and be filled as well. And the third thing is you may not know this, but a lot of the people around you are actually part of different teams that make Horizon do the legwork that kind of keeps the train rolling. Um, then we've got hospitality team, worship team, and I'm really hoping that we can get the, our service team off the ground. I know that right now Erica is doing a lot of like the heavy lifting to come up with ideas for ways in which our church can serve, but I am sure that there are people in this room right now who have, uh, can feel a conviction towards uh, m propelling our church further uh, into further opportunities for mission engagement. If that is you, I want to say to you, come speak to me after this. Seriously, I would love to talk with you. So at the end of the service every Sunday, we say these words. As Horizon Church, we are called to go forth, shine light, and ignite change. It is literally our mission statement, okay, that we, are say, that we say every week. And it is a reminder that we can't just attend service and then pat ourselves on the back for being a part of something that is doing something good. We are called to be followers of Jesus, disciples, and to attend the call of our own Moses moments, even when it's difficult. So when we speak these words, this week and every week, may it be a reminder to you to keep your feelers out there. When the Holy Spirit tugs on your heart, it's time to take a leap and turn faith into action. Please pray with me. God, I pray that the words that I have spoken today have been a vessel for your divine plan. That there are opportunities in which you are speaking to the, uh, to the people in this room today, and that maybe you are fueling them to be vessels for others in the future. That there are words that we each need to say to one another to help discern the call for our lives. Yes, it is scary. And I will guarantee you, even writing this sermon, I was scared, scared, God. <laughs> 
but I trust that the words that I spoke today are ones that people needed to hear. And I pray that people take this message and apply it to their lives so that we are called higher and called deeper into your love so that we can shine light and ignite change. Amen.